0: Welcome back to Senior Living Marketing Success, where we help you build a sales and marketing plan and funnel that actually works. This is our last episode in our five-part series about back-to-basics, and this episode is again with Julie Potowitz, who is again offering some great insights and wisdom into how to get more deposits after you give someone a tour. I'm not going to waste any more time, so let's jump right into this episode. Welcome back to Senior Living Marketing Success. This is part two uh, with Julie Potowitz. Julie, thank you again so much for coming onto our podcast.
1: It is always a pleasure, Luke and Dallas.
0: Thank you. So if you haven't listened to our last episode, I highly recommend you pause it right here and go back and listen to the last episode. It's about Five Tips on Giving Tours that Will Help You Turn More Tours into Deposits. Today is really part two of that series, and we're talking about five ways to get more deposits after the tour is over. And so what do you do when your tour leaves the building? Uh, there is actual follow-up involved. There are some other things that you can do to get more deposits, and that's what Julie is going to touch on. And before Julie gets started, I want to reemphasize something we, we ended with at, at, um, with our last episode. We talked about there are so many people who don't want to spend any more on their ad budget. They want to decrease their ad budget costs. They're trying to decrease costs overall. And if you're in that category and you want more move-ins and deposits, this is how you do that. You look at what's already coming into your building and you say, how can I improve my tour process and how can I get more deposits after my tour? So let's go ahead and jump in. We're talking about five things we can do. The first one that Julie has laid out for us is talking about reviewing the discovery process. So Julie, go ahead and um, talk about how that can help get more deposits after a tour.
1: Sure. And it may sound counterintuitive. like, wait a minute, we're talking about after the tour, we've already done discovery. What does that have to do with getting a deposit? It has everything to do with it because the quality of the discovery, what we know about a prospect and a influencer, family members, customers is, uh, is everything because what we know or don't know, right, will uh, help or hinder us in being advisors. So look at the discovery, How, uh, what, what is the quality of it? What do you know? What is their motivator? and or motivators how do they feel about it what are they really going to be basing a decision on and many many times it's 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 an emotional and they'll tell you some logistical things of course but uh the you know what feels right you know i'm I'm going to pray and and you know we really need to you know connect and understand what's really both motivating them to maybe move forward but also what's motivating them not to, to be the best advisor. So it always comes back to the quality of the discovery and it will also help you plan follow-up because it's what do you know and then what is it you might not know and want to learn more or you want your customer to kind of talk through and you're going to go kind of, it's a springboard. You're going to go from where you are and or where where you ended right forward so provide yourself and your customer the the, the almost optimum springboard if you will
2: one well, how important is the discovery to handling objections in this part of the sales process right because if if they come it, it, you know you've talked about this before uh, i believe on one of our other podcasts but if you don't know their motivating motivating factors if you don't know their beliefs how can you, how can you redirect the conversation as those objections come up?
1: You can't. But in a case like that, what happens is we, uh, we back down or most often we just back down and go, Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll follow up with you later.
2: Check and, in, right? We're going to check in with them.
1: Oh, uh, we'll check in with you later. Cause <laughs> we just simply don't know. We don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that a little bit later, but it's 100% because you want to redirect to what, why would they, you know why they won't, they're saying they're not ready, but why would they? So it all comes back around. If you can do one thing or commit to one thing to improve this entire process, focus on the discovery, focus on your customer.
0: And so that's at the um, kind of the the beginning part of the tour process. So that's the first thing. The second thing we're going to talk about is looking at The closing experience. So it's just kind of like looking at what we've done at the end of that tour and thinking about how can I improve that for next time. So Julie, talk a little bit about what do you mean when you say, let's look at the closing experience, what can we do to improve that?
1: Sure. Sure. So it's, and we talked a little about this in the the part one of our conversation, but what, what did y'all land on or agree to as a next step? Or what did your customer agree to as a next step? what did what was suggested as a next step and when you're you know you're you ed or whomever it is are really looking objectively uh to work on strategies uh, as much as sometimes it's tough to be objective about herself is what did you say as far as hey let's go ahead and blank what did you suggest if you didn't suggest anything There's you didn't have anything to agree to. So really, gosh, and you can really take a look at the closing experience. Maybe, you know, maybe you didn't sit down. Maybe it wasn't comfortable. Maybe it felt rushed. Maybe it felt tense. Maybe they were tired. Maybe, you know, and of course there's always going to be the one-offs But look at trends. What is your closing experience like? How does it maybe feel? Um, and what percentage of your customers leave with a definitive, with the knowledge that they know what they're going to do next or what they need to decide next?
2: Julie, do you have a list of like twenty great next steps at the end of a tour? Have you ever put that together, like ten or ten, ten or twenty? Just a list of what are the common next steps after the tour? Do you have that on your website or anything that people could download? I-
1: I don't have it on a website when I write playbooks for clients, okay. uh, I include it, but I, you know, in subsequent trainings, webinars things absolutely will um, share that. And, but you make a right great, great point Dallas is if the only option is a check or, you know, deposit today, that's the only thing you have to offer. Got to take that apartment now and they don't now what? You know, to your point you've got to think about what are other incremental decisions and and how ready are is your customer to make in making those decisions so if you, if look I only have this for you no I, I don't want that you got to what like back it up a little bit what might they be ready to do
2: that's a great or what might that's, great, that's a great uh, point I mean mm-hmm. as I've said before like I, I have helped my grandparents, find communities they've lived in. Um, and, and I'm trying to think back now. And, and I feel, what I remember, at least, and it's been a few years, was that was the only, okay, so now you put down a deposit, right? And so then you've gone from building this great emotional connection to this sudden, like, hey, we need your money. And, um, you know, every, the, the families are anxious enough as it is, right? So I, th- I think that's a really, really good point. Having been on the customer side of this. Right?
1: Sure, sure. You know, there's, look, if the next step is, it's all based on what you're hearing. The next step is to check and deposit, great, go for it. If it's not, so it, but the quality then of your uh, five ways to get more deposits after the tour, which is what we're talking about now, is while we cannot go back in time, going back in time to analyze a bit, help or to strategize will help uh, planning. future future conversations
2: now does the next step strategy does that change based on the health or or the numbers of your census like if you've only got one room available is it does that change the way that you look at this uh, from the sales director side versus you're at 70% Does, does that factor into this at all for you Julie
1: that's a great question no and I'll tell you why I always say act as if, act as if you have one apartment to sell. So if you have 30 apartments, focus on two or three, that's all you have two or three. And that same sense of urgency should apply whether you're 70% or one. It's challenging to act as if, but we need to act as if. Now, when we have one apartment available, we're much more inclined to say, I don't want to push. This is my only one left. And because we Don't want to tell them this truth when you have more than one. We don't say this is my only one. Now, maybe the only style, it may be the only last one in in memory care, but you have more independent and all of that. But it's it's customer dependent. I would include that type of information. Certainly, if you have only one apartment in, in the building, you'll definitely want to let, or you have one or two, very limited, you'll definitely want to let them know that even if you have 30, there's always that there's your sense of urgency, which is not panicky, but this is, look, this is important. You're here. You know, uh, know, let's, let's set those next steps should be the same, whether you're 30 open or one open.
2: Awesome. So what do you mean that the third step is, uh, quantify the follow-up? What do you, what do you mean by that, Julie?
1: Uh, quantify the follow up. Um, what did I mean with that? Well, first of all, yeah, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. And while it's not a smile and dial, and it's not you know sales. Here, sales is a numbers game. Well, I'm a huge data analytics uh, sales leader, and she's got to have data and analytics to build strategy. And yes, we have to do the actions. Yes, we have to make the phone calls. Uh, that he or she who makes, uh, you know, the most calls or follow up typically will win in the long run, right? But it's not just about that, right? It's all—it's about quality and plan- planning.
2: Well, you so, can't have quality follow up if you're not doing the follow up to begin with.
1: That is right, that and that's hard.
2: that's one of the things that we talked about during our episode in in the how do you book tours, right? right. The fortune is in the follow up. And, and, and there's two main rounds of follow-up in this cycle. Number one is you've got to follow up to turn leads into book tours. But then after the tour, you've got to have that follow-up cycle built out, right? And so, yes. you know, we, we always talk about, too, where, you know, the whole cycle, you've got marketing, which is, you know, traffic and leads. And then your ops, which is the the, oper- the operation of following up to get the book tour, then you go into sales, which is giving the tour and presenting your, the, the the product, if you will, right? And then back into ops of following up to move in. So, um, you know, I think, you know, when you say you have to have good follow-up, absolutely. But it doesn't matter what your plan is if you don't actually do it.
1: Correct. it's a it's a combination of action what you do and skill how well you do it that will yield you the results you get um, and with follow-up it's got to be uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in four and five but it's uh, based on what the next step is and look, Sometimes you, you can do this one hundred percent of the time. You're not always going to get a next step. People are going to say, "Don't call me. I'll call you." I don't know. I need to pray about it. And we just will. Okay, I'll follow. You're still following up.
2: So, what do you do uh, then? And- when when they when they give you the the generic, "Hey, you know, please don't call me. I'll call you." Right? How, how do you handle that, Julie?
1: Um, first of all, if it's a if it's an anomaly, it's a one off. I will, you know that that's that will happen. If it's a pattern, right? I'll say, how often is that happening? Then that's that's a different conversation. So we'll just, yeah. if it's a one off, I, I respect that. But how, what I'll say is, um, it sounds like you've had negative experience in the past. Or um, they're like, I don't know, I'm good, I'm good. I just like to control my you know future, and I like to be in charge and everything. Absolutely great. When do I expect your call? And um, if you don't mind, um, we do send um, you know follow up survey. Uh, you may get it is, is text. You know, all right. And if for whatever reason I don't hear from you, um, I'll put it on my, you know, I'll put it on my responsibility to check in and just make sure that uh, we're connecting.
2: One one of the things I see too with follow up is people, they feel like they're bothering someone.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Right. But I tell people all the time too, they came to you, they have a problem, they need you to solve it. And just because they don't answer the first two or three calls, you know, people forget, I think a lot of times, the especially the adult children of the residents, right, is who we're mm-hmm. talking to a lot. Sure. They're dealing with an aging parent, but oftentimes they're also dealing with a kid in high school or college or a very influential time in their kids' lives, and they're getting pulled it may take you multiple calls. It may take you multiple emails to get there, get in touch with them, not because they're ignoring you, but because they're just busy. They're, they're stressed to the max. And they got a phone call from a number they don't know in the middle of a conversation with their daughter about a final exam they just failed or whatever's going on in life. And that is why you have to follow up so many times. And
0: they're not just looking at your community. They may have a tour with you at 10 o'clock. They may leave your building at 11 and they may go across the street to, you know, the other community that they're touring. And then the next day they may have three more tours
2: lined up. One of the adult children lives out of town, right? You see this where they'll they'll book three or four tours so that, you know, the brother can come in from Houston and, and all go look at them in Dallas together kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, so that leads us into, Really, I think this is a perfect segue into four and five. So they're they're not just going to look at your, I mean, unless you are in a town of, if it's a small population town and you are the only place, then you know, like they're not touring anywhere else unless it's, you know, outside of a 50 mile radius. But most likely they're visiting your community and they've got tours scheduled at other places. But what we're going to talk about in four and five are ways that your community can stand out. So number four is give extras. Julie, what do you mean by give extras?
1: Uh, It's called, you know, various things, you know, personalizing follow up, you know, or uh, like the the extra, the extra touch or the personal touch. So follow up is key. Absolutely. And it's our responsibility to follow up with our customer, not our customer's responsibility to call us back if we left one voicemail. Right. So we, uh, what will really make impact is purposeful follow-up and personalized follow-up. So giving an extra, I love that, that it on a tour, really. Um, it, it, you can certainly do it on a tour, you can do it with follow-up or, or both, whatever is appropriate is, you know, you learn something about, like let's use a gentleman who liked uh, Waylon Jennings, for example. In the follow-up, what uh, the sales director did was she found on Amazon, Whalen, you can find everything on Amazon, right? A Whalen, something Whalen Jennings. And I believe it was a, um, it was a book. And she had it sent via Amazon to it. I think it was $17. Uh, so, not, you know, never spent much. Um, and she had it, you know, with, with personalized, you can write on the card, really enjoyed meeting you. Uh, you know, here's a little Whalen. you know, uh, to uh, thought, thought you would enjoy that. Well, who called her? You know, the minute he got this book, and might it be worth learning something about? Imagine this man's. Yes, he moved in. Imagine this man's experience. He came in, whale Jennings is playing. It automatically feels really good. There's other great things. He got some step next steps, and it took a while. He's very in you know, an independent assisted living resident. You know, low low acuity, as we say, and not he wasn't uh, in high need right? But there was definite reasons, right? He was, he was looking, and he moved sooner than he thought he would. Um, and is it because someone bought him a book? I highly doubt it. It's because it's, it's the feeling and the emotion and the I care. So that's what that extra is. It doesn't have to cost anything. You could She could have found an article on, on, you know, on Waylon Jennings and, and maybe sent it to him or emailed it to him. Uh, you know, find out what uh, we always say, well, we, we want to be a resource, right? And so if we find out what's important to people or what resources, if they're still choosing, you know, maybe, you know, we talk about different communities, but the the primary really competition is people just staying home. Mm-hmm. So there's two major decisions that people need to are facing. Are we moving, period? Are we leaving home? And yes, if so, which where? Just because someone tours with you, don't assume they've decided to leave home. Mm. Very oftentimes, with massive percentages, they stay home. They don't see what they're looking for. They didn't have the experience. It wasn't worth it. There wasn't that value built. So those extras kind of tie into, and maybe I'm stealing your great um, moderation here, but you know, the fifth one, which is part of follow-up, uh, the home visit. The home visit is... Uh, proven statistically proven to increase closing ratios and the home visits very often done post tour you know during that follow-up process it can be done as a discovery process if someone's not able to come to your community and, and tour they're not they don't drive or they just don't feel like it or they're nervous and scared Need them in their home
2: so for people that don't do home visits right now what what would you tell them what what is the goal of the home visit whether it's before the tour or after the tour
1: The goal of the home visit is to, you know, get to know your prospect. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? They usually feel pretty comfortable in their home, much more comfortable than in in, in your community. certainly at first, it's also to give you a a great idea to, you know, how, how people, you know, are living and meaning, um, gosh, there's a lot that you can learn about, uh, you know, maybe a person's situation, if you know you see, um, I, just case in point, someone uh, gentleman uh, said, to, "You know, please help yourself to something to drink." That's not, you know, always typical. And she opened the refrigerator, and it was there was like nothing but spoiled food and things, right, in the refrigerator. So you, you know, we can really learn, or you can learn like, Oh my gosh, she's got to go up nine steps to go to go to bed, or down scary stairs to do laundry. And, you know, maybe that wasn't something mentioned on the visit. You say, gosh, Hilda, um, where, you know, where, uh, you, you tell me about laundry. Oh, I do all my own laundry. Oh, great. Uh, and, and, and where is that? Oh, it's, in, it's downstairs. Oh, okay. So you go downstairs, down and upstairs with laundry? Yeah. How's that working for you? <laughs> Not so great you know, or, or, you know, so, so it's the, that yeah. home visit gives you that opportunity. It's such a great opportunity. And also you don't go with a brochure in a, you know, a, a deposit form, <laughs> definitely have those pieces, but it, they may never come up or they may. Right. But it's another opportunity to build a relationship.
2: Well, it's, and it's back to that, discovery, right? Yes. I, I yes, think to me, one of the things is, that yes. really stands out in this, in this, in in is that discovery never ends, right? It's not like you get the intake form and then you're no longer trying to discover about them from then on. Like you need to all and listen and discover, right? That, that, that to me that's the overwhelming theme of both of these is always be listening, always be discovering, and then show that you care, right? Like your comment about the you know the, that she sent in the Waylon Jennings book. You you nailed it. It's not the book. It's the gesture of genuinely showing that you care, and Luke uh, and I, has shared a book uh, before called Giftology that I think is a, a great book for you to read more to to just get your wheels turning on this. Right, if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, how could I give extra? Check out Giftology. It's a great book. I don't. Do you remember the name of the author, Luke? Um,
0: I I don't. I don't, but what you said about the Waylon Jennings book is perfect cuz we think I've got to give a gift to someone. I mean, I, I don't have I don't have all the money to spend. Well, you're not saying, "Hey, you should buy a signed Waylon Jennings guitar to give to someone after your tour." You said it was like a $17 book. And that can be a budgeted line item if that's not already a budgeted line item every month. Have a have a set budget this month, I can spend X number of dollars on gifts that I give to people.
2: So if you give 20 tours a month, you say, okay, look, it's, we're going to, we're going to do a $20 limit. That's for You just say, Hey, we need 400 bucks a month in the budget. That's really easy to, 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 get that approved.
1: Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a great place to spend money and might it be worth $400 to increase your closing ratios by <laughs> whatever, you know, 10%, 10% one more. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah. So, and, and look, just to be clear, not everybody that you send a one extra or you, you bring some, you know, one extra could be, or a, a touch, you, you know, you've learned somebody has a cold or they're under the weather, or in a case like this, where, you know, maybe you see that the meals are a real challenge, you know, obviously you don't say all, all your food is rotting. You just maybe come back that next day with a warm meal. And, you know, the, the, the that's building, you know, really building that relationship. Right. And, demonstrating the culture of your community bringing your community to life and you know it doesn't have to cost a lot and it should be in your line item budget absolutely you know 20 10 dollars 20
2: and i I would add one more thing to that too is just Mm -hmm. genuinely care Mm
1: -hmm.
2: right because if if you're coming across as you bought on a book to get them or you took them lunch and like you need to build that heart of actually caring about these families. And I think that's important too, because I have, I have been to places with my grandparents that I'm like, I, it just felt shady. It felt, it just didn't feel good. Right? Like you just felt like you were being sold, you know? And, and, yep. and, and I, I say this, this is a, a mentor of mine taught me this line a long time ago along this line too, of people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. If you present them with an opportunity to make their lives better and 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 solve their problems you don't have to sell anything right like just show you care learn about them um and so again i think looking through this list again that really is what comes across to me luke you said you had something else you wanted to share too
0: yeah just as we as we wrap up um i've got one question about this this fifth thing we talked about, about visiting their home. Obviously, we're still living in a world where COVID is very real, and so I'm assuming there may be some listening to this going, well, I don't think if I said, hey, can I visit your home? I think there are some seniors or their children would say, no, you can't because of COVID. Is it still worth trying to say, hey, can we meet at an outdoor space if you're, you know, wherever you live, weather permitting, if that's an option for you? Is there something about meeting outside of the community if you can't meet in their home that's just that's just different or just kind of makes things, you know, it helps them kind of take a look at it from a different angle. What would you say to that, Julie?
1: I would say yes. And I would say um, nothing in sales is a hundred percent. Nothing in life is a hundred percent. But if you do something, you know, 85, 90% of the time, i.e. offer a home visit or suggest a home visit, and even a quarter of people take you up on it, That's 25 people out of the hundred that you're going to do a home visit for. Don't get wrapped up in, oh, well, Carl didn't want a home visit. Not everybody's going to want to, you know, not everybody's going to move into your community. But if you're doing this a hundred percent of the time, and to your point, look, think about um, options. Uh, Yes, COVID's real. People might not want you in their home. Is there such a thing as weather permitting um, as a porch visit? Or like you said, uh, outside, outside, or, you know, it's, it's, you know, you live in Chicago and people don't visit outside in the winter, you know, is there, that's okay. Maybe you can even do a virtual home visit, Uh, but just keep an open mind and think about what you can do or what you can offer or what you will commit to do rather than what might not work. Because if we're thinking about what might not work, we're never going to lean in and we're going to stay where it, you know, unless you're hundred percent occupied and, 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 you know, very few people are, and even if you are hopefully wanting to, to, to learn and grow, but you know, if we, if, if we're stuck in, in what can't happen, nothing's going to change.
2: Well, and you, you discussed something. I, I caught the no one trap, right? I've dealt with salespeople like this in many different industries, but you said that if Carl doesn't want a home visit, that must mean that no one, Wants a home, right? And it it, like you see this like no, no, stop, right? Get out of the no one trap. Just because it 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 is a this industry is such a combination of the delicate care, nurturing, emotional side of the sales journey, but you still have to have systems in place because like what you Mm -hmm. said, right? And this is what this whole series has been about is putting these systems in place, measuring the right things understanding what those what those numbers mean and how to manage those numbers and yeah okay so if you offer a home visit to 10 people and you get five home visits and of those five you end up closing an extra one or an extra two that you wouldn't have because you discovered something you would have never discovered well guess what had you had you if, if you had quit asking for home visits after carl said no you didn't you may or may not have ever closed those two deals right which for those of you listening that are, that are in sales, those two deals can mean the difference in hitting um, your quotas and bonus structures and all that, right? So um, you have to have these systems in place and you have to do them every time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Julie, thank you so much for hopping on this, this podcast with us. Just to recap, we've talked about how to get more deposits after the tour is over. We've talked about reviewing the discovery process, looking at the closing experience, actually following up after the tour, giving extras, and then asking for a home visit. And on our last episode, we did mention, if you want to learn more about what Julie does, she offers some sales coaching, which if you think what we've, you know, if you've listened to both episodes, it's probably maybe, you know, 50 minutes to an hour. If you think this is valuable, you should listen to what Julie can do for you or your sales team. Um, it will totally change your sales process, and you will absolutely get more move-ins, and your community uh, will will raise its occupancy. So they can learn. You can learn more about that at GrowYourOccupancy.com. You can go to Amazon.com to find Julie's book. Julie, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. It's
1: my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Julie.